Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drupal Easy Podcast. This is episode 236. So let me just stop and say thank you to all of our contributors and folks we've interviewed over the years for, I mean, 236 episodes. That's hard to believe sometimes for me. On today's episode, we will re-welcome Amy June Heinlein. Um, she's going to come on and talk to me about Drupal events during the pandemic. And she has a pretty unique perspective being an organizer of multiple Drupal events and pretty engaged with the community. And we're going to talk about, you know, the, the pros and the cons and, you know, how future Drupal events that are going virtual, you know, might look in, in the coming months. Uh, we also have a small announcement to make. Um, about the Drupal community health team and an upcoming workshop. But that, my friends, is a tease, and you don't get that information until later. So stick around. Before we get to Amy June, I do want to mention Drupal Career Online. We've been giving this 12-week online workshop for I don't even know how long now, maybe since 2006. I know we've have had over 150 graduates of the Drupal Career Online program, and our next semester starts on August 31st. So if you're curious about it, you can always go to drupaleasy.com slash DCO if you want to ask questions about it. By all means, join us at one of our upcoming Taste of Drupal events. We have one on August 12th and August 26th. And that's a, I'll give a little presentation about the workshop, and you'll have a chance to answer questions during a free Taste of Drupal webinar. So with that out of the way, let's talk to Amy June. I'm here with returning guest, or maybe I'll call you a regular contributor or regular guest, Amy June Heinlein. Amy June, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Welcome back. As a, can we still call you like a nurse or a, or a nurse in your past life? Like, How do you, like when you talk about yourself? I um, still am a board certified hospice nurse. So yes, right. I am a nurse. Right. So, um, masks, good or bad? <laughs> Definitely good. <laughs> when, Very good. When worn properly. What does that mean? Like, it has to be over your nose, right? Right. And, you know, not removed on and off and touched all the time and worn at the chin and then put back on and um, all those kind of things. Yeah, the folks who I see, like, on you know social media or even on the news sometimes the rare times I'm, I can stomach watching the news who complain that they're not getting enough oxygen while wearing a mask is that a thing oh my gosh well they certainly complain but um as a, as someone who has been on wards where it's a strict protocol uh, for isolation we work 12-hour shifts with masks and gowns and all kinds of personal protective equipment so um I haven't died yet. You're still here, all right? Yeah. <laughs> um, hand washing, that's important too, I hear, right? Yeah, but um, <laughs> there's another thing with that, you know, the hand sanitizer. General rule of thumb is if you use hand sanitizer twice, you should 
go and wash your hands. So um, those folks that use hand sanitizer all day, um, it loses its effectiveness and you should really um, go back and wash your hands after using it a few times. I don't understand. So why, it, it, like you become immune to it or what is? what do you mean it loses its effectiveness? Oh, the science evades me right now. Um, okay. I'm sorry, I don't have the, the scientific um, facts to back up that statement. Well, the bottom line, sanitizing, hand sanitizer is not enough. Right. All right. We can talk about coronavirus for the next 45 minutes if you want. No. I got, I got plenty to say. <laughs> How are things in um, North? Well, are you central? I mean, what are you? It's You're kind of Bay Area, Central California, I guess. I like to say I'm Bay Area, um, San Francisco Bay Area, but I was informed recently that because it takes me 12 minutes to get to public transportation that gets me to the Bay Area, I now have to say um, outside of the Bay Area. Ah. <laughs> so how are, like, are the, are, are the numbers, like, in your, the town where you live and stuff, are they, are they good? Are they bad? Or, like, what's the situation where you live? Um, they are not good. Um, we've rolled back to phase one um, as far as social distancing goes. Um, we reopened and everything, everyone had parties and we're out to eat. And then our numbers surged. So we went back to, um, you know, nothing being open. And um, I believe there's a mask mandate now. So, yeah, it sounds a lot like Florida, except for we're not, we don't go backwards. <laughs> we just forge ahead. It's crazy. All right. Well, enough about that. Enough about coronavirus. Let's talk about virtual Drupal events. Or actually, we can drop the virtual and just say Drupal events. Um, you know, because here we are in 20, halfway through 2020, and all Drupal events um, for the past few months have been virtual. All Drupal events for the foreseeable future, the ones that at least I'm aware of, are going to be virtual. Um, so I figured now's a good opportunity and you're a good guest to have to talk about this because you are involved in quite a few of the organizing teams for Drupal events. This is true. And uh, I guess let's definitely mention your employer who makes this all possible. Um, you work for Canopy Studios and they, um, you know, part of your job is this community relations stuff. Yeah, sort of a community ambassador of source and evangelist, um, but not just in Drupal. I work in the WordPress um, WordCamp space as well, because um, as a company, we support both CMSs. So it makes sense for me to do both, uh, both events. Right, right. All right, well, let's talk about, I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, DrupalCon Global that just happened? Um. I want to ask you a couple questions um, about that. Um, starting with, and again, you know, you have a unique perspective on this because you're involved with, you know, the organization of of not just one camp a year. Like most Drupal event organizers, um, generally work on one event, their local-ish event, and then they can, you know, forget about event planning for six months and pick it up again the next year. For you, it, it's kind of ongoing with different events. And it's concurrent. Um, it's not just one event at a time. So um, Bad Camp, you know, I help organize all year round, but that means also, you know, helping with Asheville and helping with New York City and helping um, a little bit with, 
DrupalCon, you know, so it is concurrent. <laughs> but I, I, I do have sponsorship through Canopy to do that. So it, it sort of, uh, it's not a burden, you know, it's fun. So let me just ask your opinion, and I don't know if you want to answer this, you know, probably more of just as an attendee and a volunteer, like, um, how do you feel that DrupalCon Global went? You know, and it's, it's difficult not to compare it to an in-person event. But as far as the non-social aspect of it, do you think it was worthy of, you know, being a, you know, a DrupalCon? The non-social aspect. So I think as an attendee, I have to tie in that that social aspect, um, because it was there. You just had to make sure that you knew the tools to utilize to still be social. Um, and I had a great time as an attendee. Um, it was the second time I used Hopin, so that might have been a unique experience to, to me. Um, Asheville was the week before, and we used Hopin as our delivery uh, content delivery platform there, so I was used to the tools. Um, I chatted with folks in the windows. I was able to go to the sessions. It was really easy to navigate where I wanted to be using the the Drupal Association's website along with, you know, the hop and reception area. Um, I saw folks that I knew chatting in the windows. And so we said hello and coordinated, you know, hanging out afterward and happy hours and um Going to booths was a lot of fun. I would go into the expo hall and see who was live and visit the booth and see who was in the booth. Very much like um, you would in a real person event. You know, you go to the booth and you see who's working and you make the decision to go up and talk to them. Um, but of course, because I go to a lot of events, I know a lot of people. So it was really fun for me to see, you know, virtually all of the folks that I had missed all year long. So um I really liked the experience, and I hope that more camps um, uh, follow that platform of Hopin. That way, people get used to it and can utilize the tools and know what to expect going in. I think that might help people feel a little bit more comfortable with the social part of um, these events moving forward. So here's something I, I, I've tried to do, and I can't really get a good handle on it, is I try and put myself in the shoes of someone who um, is not as plugged into the community as, as you or I are, who, you know, is attending maybe not their first DrupalCon, but maybe just, you know, their second or third DrupalCon. They don't know a ton of people. Um, and maybe to plan, you know, and I think the, the for me, it's like, it depends on the type of person, like is, is, this type of virtual DrupalCon, is this a um, is this a type of event that they would rather attend than an in-person DrupalCon when you don't know as many people? Because it, it, in some ways, this virtual platform lets you kind of just be a fly on the wall of a lot of conversations that you normally wouldn't have. You know, I don't want to say have access to, but wouldn't like participate in. Right. And it's hard for me to put myself in those shoes, too, because one, I'm an extrovert uh, and I don't I don't have, you know, in in-person events, I don't have a difficult time finding a group of people where I don't know anybody and kind of hanging on the periphery and then introducing myself, because as a person who is an extrovert and as a person who goes to events, I and I think it's my obligation to reach out and meet new people every day, you know, um, make people feel welcome. And that's one thing I really um, didn't have at my first Drupal event was I felt 
like it would have been nice to have someone come up and introduce themselves to me. And so coming from that experience, that's what I do at Drupal events. I try to make an effort of every hallway break, introducing myself to someone I don't know. Well, that seems like that would be a lot harder to do at a virtual event. Yes. And I was just going to say that. Um, Sorry, I jumped the gun. No, that's okay. But I think um, being an extrovert and knowing people, it was a lot easier for me to know that there was a lullaby after party, you know, things like that. So, you know, this, this was the first major event that this group of people put on and there's definitely a learning curve. So if they are moving forward and doing this, there's things that, you know, I feel all events could do like maybe have like attendee resource pages and really highlight those social events and then have events like new new attendee receptions like they do at virtual at, at the at the camp in person right um and that way folks can meet someone what they did this year was they did have a mentoring project for folks who was their first experience and rachel lawson le- uh, led this effort where people signed up to be a mentor and she introduced you to, to people who were new to new to DrupalCon and I sort of was able to touch base with these folks ahead of time and ask what experience they wanted, like um, what tracks they were interested in. And I could kind of point one of them in the direction of which, which sessions to attend. So that was, that was nice. Um, I don't know how other mentors and mentees um, did it, but I know I helped one person, you know, figure out sort of the best route to go. So that was a nice experience. Yeah, I am. I'm super. I don't know, excited or curious. I'm not sure what the word is, but I'm. I'm really interested in seeing how these types of events evolve. Because you know, these obviously aren't. These obviously aren't the first virtual events ever. But we're now all kind of in the position where this is all we're going to have for you know a while. Right, and I would maybe. Um like to encourage our local and regional meetups to go virtual um, because um, sometimes folks can feel overwhelmed going to a camp and to a con and committing to um, a weekend or all day. Whereas if you lead a meetup and it's an hour or two hours long, um, someone can poke in, kind of get a feel of the community, um, hang out in a Zoom room where there's more interaction And that's something we've done with the San Francisco Drupal Users Group is um, we've moved our event virtual and our attendance is up. um, And now I alternate it. We've we've added sessions to it instead of once a month. Now we do it twice a month, the the second Thursday and the and the fourth Thursday of the month. And we alternate the times we have our regular evening event and then later in the month we have it earlier in the day so other time zones can join in and that's been spectacular so i see people from chicago and from florida and from new hampshire at some of these we had someone present um who lives in india you know so um i really would love to see more events uh at the local and regional level uh opening up in the online space so was asheville your first virtual Drupal event? Let's call it the first, the coronavirus Drupal event. 
No, we did mid camp virtual like four days um, before we were supposed to have right. the event or a week before. And that was right, different, right, right. you know, that was, that was exciting and new as an organizer, um, figuring out how we were going to, you know, deliver content um, with the shift being only a week away. But I think we were successful. We ran it through Zoom. Um, we were able to have, um, I don't think we did trainings, but we were able to have two days of sessions and a contribution day all run through, I think, four or five concurrent Zoom rooms. And then um, utilizing the, the mid-camp Slack space for more dialogue and communication. Yeah, sometimes that can be difficult. I mean, I, I think for folks who are used to using those tools every day and maybe who are, who are already in that Slack space, workspace, that's easy. Right. But for new attendees, I can see where that could be a, a little bit cumbersome. It's like, where do I go for this and where do I go for that? And, and especially for something like DrupalCon Global, I'm not trying to call them out, but um, their Slack space can be very overwhelming, especially if you're not used to Slack. So having that as a, as a supplemental communication port wouldn't work for a, for more of a global event. But in Asheville, we were successful in having engagements in Slack. You know, as people signed up and registered and speakers, we would um, onboard them with Slack. And so as we were, uh, you know, chatting it up in the Hopin platform, I could see people chatting in, in, in the Slack space as well. But, you know, definitely smaller space. I would think that for, you know, not just local events, but also even DrupalCon Global, I would actually think that Slack would be the preferred, you know, if it was seamless and if it was easy to kind of connect what's going on in Zoom or Hopin with what's going on in Slack, I think that would be preferable because that way you can onboard new people onto Slack who may not already be on Slack and then they stay there after the event ends. That was one of the big kind of almost grumble, I don't want to be too negative about it, about um, Hopin was the chat goes away. Yeah, and and that's very true. None of those conversations were saved after the event ended. So that's something that, I mean, it would be interesting. Again, these are all just things I'm thinking about, that I've been thinking about is like, how do we, you know, the first one of anything generally is not the best. Well, except for movies, right? You, You can always you know, look back and say, oh, we should have done this better, should have done that better. Um, you know, the first version of, of, of a piece of software, the first, you know, first time you write like a blog post, you're always, you always find things you want to go back and, and make better. So that's kind of like, you know, why, you know, that's kind of what I want to get out of this this episode is, you know, you have now been um, part of the organizing team for just two Drupal events that have happened, Midcamp in Asheville. Have there been any others in there? No, that's it for me. Okay, so those two plus your, you know, your volunteer at DrupalCon uh, Global as well. So I'm kind of curious, like, what do you see as like the low hanging fruit of things that can be improved on? It's very individual. Um, everyone's experience is unique to themselves. All right, well, scratch your own itch first. What would you like? So I really like what we did in the Asheville and the mid-camp space with tying Slack channels to um, different rooms in Contrib Day. I liked that. Um, 
What I would love to see more of moving forward, and I'm not saying that MidCamp or Drupal Camp Asheville or DrupalCon didn't do these things, but as an attendee who's an extrovert and a little bit, I have anxiety. I think folks who, who, who know me know that about me. I like to plan things and um, way ahead of time. So I think the communication moving forward with what the camp is providing folks is going to be super important. Um, I work on mid camp and we're um, getting ready to um, really hone in on what we're doing for the social aspect of it. Because yes, people come in to bad camp for, you know, the content knowledge, but also the bad camp experience is meeting people and it's unique to Northern California. And how do we emulate, emulate that in this virtual space? So, um, how do we plan a pub crawl? How do we um, how do we let people go on these virtual tours of these iconic San Francisco locations, right? Um, how do we get people to the zoo, the aquarium? How do they go across the Golden Gate Bridge? So we're trying to imagine these experiences that people have when they come to our event and try to make them virtual by having like virtual tours. Um, and that pub crawl. We're not sure how we're gonna do it yet, but we definitely would love to see that happen. Um, but a lot of that comes with making sure that we let folks know ahead of time that these things are happening, not just the content delivery that people you know, expect and love from Drupal events, but the, the social aspect too. I think what's so important about that is that it's done as a group, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, it's one thing to say, we're going to have a pub crawl, um, but it's another thing to say, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do a virtual tour of Alcatraz, right? And it's the way it's going to work is, you know, we're going to have, you know, um, we're going to have, you know, a bunch of uh, virtual rooms where people are going to be in a group, you know, eight to 10 people and, they can talk amongst themselves during the, this virtual tour. Right. Right. So that, that's kind of like where like my low hanging fruit was, and this is really, I thought something that was missing and we kind of, you know, at times we, you know, you can work around it with either Google hangout or, or, you know, your own zoom, but just having like these ad hoc discussions that aren't chat, but, you know, you kind of spin off a room of, hey, here's seven people at the end of a session who are interested in the configuration management system. Where do they go when the session's over to, if they want to talk about it? Not chat about it, but talk about it. That can be done in the hop-in space with um, BOFs. If you have a BOF room scheduled after each session, maybe, or talk to the presenters and see if that's a space they want to open up afterward. Um, so I, I don't know how, how it would work exactly, but I know that the hop in platform does have a way that we can do that. I went to, went to a couple of boffs at DrupalCon and um, there were 20 people on the call. Of course, there's some tech lag, but those were really nice conversations. Um, 20 people could be, uh, showing their video, but there could be 20 people just watching the boff as well. So, I mean, it's not perfect. All right. So let's, instead of uh, looking 
back at some events. Let's look forward because I know that you are involved in the organization of a few events that are coming up the next couple of months. You want to um, give us a quick rundown of those events and then um, we can talk about each one maybe a little bit. Sure. Um, I'll do it in chronological order to be fair. Uh, uh, Drupal Camp Colorado is coming up like Mm, pretty soon, August 14th and 16th. And um, I'm not involved in the organizing side of that. Um, so I'm, I'm not quite clear how they're going to run their event. Um, but I've been asked to help with uh, Contribution Day and having a first-time uh, contributor uh, workshop. Uh, so that's nice. Um, and then GovCon is coming up. And uh, it's not a camp I historically or traditionally go to because of um, usually the time of year it is. And um, so I'm really glad for the virtual aspect that I can help them this year because I don't have to go to Washington, D.C. to help support them. And we're going to do a contribution day there. Um, and that is a little unique because the contribution day is going to happen before the main event. Um, where we're going to have a first-time contributor workshop and move into general contributions the first day. But having that workshop the first day is really going to help new people uh, be set up for success for the remainder of the conference. Um, and they are, oh, I don't have the date in front of me, maybe the 23rd and the 25th of August. And I believe we're going to... September. Gonna, oh, September. Sorry. Yes, September. Um, I believe we're going to run the contribution day with um, various Zoom rooms um, because that is something that is a little challenging with the hop-in platform with trainings and the contributions um, because there's n the, the hop-in platform doesn't allow for a lot of interactions where Zoom does. Uh, you can have breakout rooms. You can have everyone's cameras. You can be, do a lot of screen sharing um, with very minimal lift. Um, so we're thinking about um, having a mentored room in one Zoom room and then, you know, initiatives in the in other Zoom rooms. Um, and with saying that, um, I want to invite the community um, to participate if they have some initiatives that they'd like to move forward with these events coming forward, uh, Drupal Camp Colorado and then GovCon and, of course, BadCamp. So if you have a like documentation or Drupal 9 readiness, anything like that, if you'd like to lead um, an initiative, let me know and we can, you know, help get that going. Um, and then Bad Camp, you know, is October 14th through 17th. And I am an active organizer uh, for that camp. And um, we're not going to have it exactly like we do in real life, but we're still uh, want to maintain that quality content delivery. Um, we are going to have trainings and summits um, the first two days of camps, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, we've sort of modified it though, where the trainings won't quite be as long. That way people aren't sitting at their computer, you know, 10 hours. So we're going to offer both full day and half day trainings. And then, um, Thursday and, or I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday, we're going to do sessions, but we're also introducing maybe smaller workshops in the mornings of the session days. Um, and of course we're still going to have our higher ed nonprofit, um, backdrop, front end, uh, summits on Wednesdays and Wednesday and Thursday as well. Um, we do plan on opening, uh, the call for papers next week, but I know since this 
podcast will come out later than that. We're hoping that first week in August, we have call for papers open. And um, because the content delivery is different, we are asking folks to both submit sessions for 20 and 40 minutes with the idea of having those mini workshops, like I mentioned, and the longer sessions in the morning where people's attention are there. And then in the afternoon, move to those uh, shorter blocks of time. To, to We're hoping that the engagement kind of stays with the shorter amounts of time. Yeah, I've always liked the idea of having the new, even forget about like new contributor, but just like folks who are new to an event, having something very early on in the conference for them. Um, I know when I give trainings at, at Drupal camps that are the day like before the big session day, that's always really fun because folks kind of, they, they meet each other, they spend a day in a room with, you know, 15, 20 other people. And then inevitably, you know, the next two days of the event, I see those people hanging out and talking to one another. And it kind of gives you like a, you know, a start on like your, your local networking. Right. And um, we're offering uh, Pantheon's um, introduction to Drupal workshop both days um, before camp. So those totally new to Drupal can learn some stuff and that way they can uh, when they attend the regular session days, have some background knowledge of what a content type is even. So that's that's pretty exciting too. That's why I like uh, the pre-conference trainings too. So do you know, is GovCon and or BadCamp, are they using Hopin or something else? I don't know what GovCon is using for their content delivery, but I do know that at BadCamp, um, we have decoupled the trainings and the summits from the sessions. The sessions we're going to deliver through Hopin, but the trainings um, we're going to deliver with Zoom. That way, the the trainers can interact more with their students. That that doesn't really work well with 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 Hopin, as far as we can tell. Um, and then the summits, um, we're leaving it up to them how they want to uh, have their summits. We're we're still in sort of uh, organization mode as far as that goes. So is there anything that, and maybe we'll just focus on, on bad camp because that's the one you're most involved with, but is there anything that organizers of bad camp are changing due to what they experienced at DrupalCon? Um, not necessarily DrupalCon, but Drupal Camp Asheville. So um, getting into kind of the nitty gritty of camp organization without boring too many folks. Um, the question this year is, how do you provide value for your sponsors? So one of the things, one of the takeaways from Drupal Camp Asheville for us is, you know, having that booth space like DrupalCon Global did. But what Drupal Camp Asheville did was they had room monitors that would introduce the speakers um, and then they would also come back at the end of the session and do an out outro with a slide that said what's coming up next and um, direct folks to if there was a live demo going on in the expo hall. So the reason I like that is for many reasons. Um, on a personal level, I really got more out of camp being a room monitor because I 
was able to engage with the speakers and the attendees. Like um, there's not this five minutes of awkward time where the speaker is sitting there by themselves waiting for the top of the hour to give their session. But we can talk to the to the people and ask them where they're coming in from, what's the weather, what session's been your favorite, and then they reply in the chat and really engaging the audience a little bit more. And having said that, I feel giving sponsors the option to be those room monitors can add value because they are interacting with their audience. They're not, I don't want them to necessarily do like um, plugs but they're able to interact more and get that brand exposure um, a little bit. Why not? Why not let them do a plug? Well, I don't know yet. You know, I, I'm, I'm in this weird space of like not being a sales or marketer person. <laughs> so I don't quite know how I feel about that. So that's why we work in teams, right? <laughs> right, right. So, but I really think that would add value to a sponsor package too, is you have the opportunity to, to interact, you know, and that's what made, that's what made DrupalCon and Drupal Camp Asheville fun for me too, because I was able to monitor and meet speakers and meet organizers and interact with people on a whole different level, you know, so my attendee experience was elevated by being a volunteer. Yeah, that's really, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a sneaky way, but if you want to get some street cred and, and, and network in the Drupal community and get to know some folks, um, you know, volunteering for a Drupal event, you know, just even as, like you're saying, as a room monitor, you know, it's not a bad way to go. Right. And that takes pressure off the organizers too, because we're organizing, you know, every... Every person has different strengths. And if we as a community can, can play on all of our strengths, it really makes events run smooth, you know? Um, and then two, you volunteer at an event, you can take that back with you to your company or say you're a, an organizer of a different camp and you volunteer at Bad Camp. You can take that with you when you go back to say Drupal Camp at Chattanooga or Drupal Camp Atlanta. So, um, and that's one of the things I really like about my place in the Drupal community too, is because I'm fortunate and privileged uh, to be able to volunteer at all these camps. I can take these ideas to the different camps with me. All right. So let's, um, let's wrap up this topic because there's one other thing I want to talk to you about. Um, I think I, I think we covered everything we want to talk about um, when it comes to Drupal events and virtual Drupal events, correct? Right. I think so. All right, so let's wrap this up. I want to talk about the um, community working group community health team, which uh, you are a member of. So this is kind of an expansion of the community working group that happened earlier this year, late last year. I'm so bad with you know remembering when dates when things happened. Um, but the community, community working group decided to add some members outside of the conflict resolution team. And um, we're basically calling all of these folks, in a very generic sense, the community health team. And, and, and you're a member of that team. And I guess we kind of have, it's sort of an announcement that we can make. Sure. Um, it's an announcement of something that's coming soon. How about that? Right. Um, so first of all, thank you for um, having me be a contributor to the community uh, working group, community health team. Um 
So we had something planned for DrupalCon, but you know, um, uh, plans get thwarted with pandemics. In-person in um, DrupalCon. Like in, yeah. in-person DrupalCon. Um, but now um, we've contacted our point of contact for a workshop we wanted to present um, on mental health first aid. Um, and uh, what, what it is is uh, people who attend this workshop will come away with, um, I want to sort of equate it to uh, how first aid is given in the medical sense, um, in the broader sense that um, you provide some support until professionals can come in or the situation is otherwise resolved. So it's very much like CPR, you know, you're the first responder. And what this does is it helps people we know, helps people we love, um, our friends, our coworkers, or even people we don't interact with on a normal basis, but we can help them um, cope with any sort of mental health issues that come on board. So it's like a first responder. The workshop would work a little differently than we were going to do in in um, in an in-person workshop where there's some self-direction and then when we we come together and and um, work together as a group so um, i'm super excited about it um, yeah this is a this is not something that's you know unique or custom for the drupal community um, this is a, a you know something that is uh, well known here in the united states uh, i'll put the link in the show notes but it's mentalhealthfirstaid.org and we were working with a group out of Minneapolis who um, we were going to do an in-person workshop in Minneapolis, uh, but they have since pivoted and now they just announced virtual workshops. And we are going to um, be working with them to figure out a date. And it's basically going to be a, a virtual workshop, workshop specifically for Drupal community members. And uh, yeah, we're kind of excited about it because it is a really, uh, it, it's a really high quality training. So anyone who has an interest in this, um, just be on the lookout for it. All right. Well, uh, I think we're all set. It was really good, as always, to talk to you, Amy June. Thank you, Mike. Good to speak with you as well. Oh, thank you very much. Very, <laughs> very proper and polite to one another. That's always good. Oh, so <laughs> I have a, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, what are you listening to when you get done with this call? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I am uh, today, so we're recording on July 31st, and I have always been a big Alanis Morissette fan. And uh, she had a new album come out today. And I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop. Nice. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. I don't know why. Her voice is just spectacular for some reason to me. So. Yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Although I have to listen to apparently, uh, oh, what's his name? Moore is his last name. Justin Moore? What was his no, name? No, 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 no. Thurst, <laughs> Thurston Moore from Sonic. Thurston. <laughs> I should have remembered the Thurston part, you know, Gilligan's Island Thurston. Oh, you dated me there. I don't know that reference. Thurston Howell from Gilligan's Island, really? I didn't know that was his name. That's the millionaire? Yeah, that's the millionaire. Oh, yeah, no idea. <laughs> Oh, all right. And Thurston Moore's from Sonic Youth. Sonic Do I remember Youth, that? Yep. Okay. So that, that's your music recommendation for the day, I guess. Yep. All right. Fantastic. Well, let's adjourn and everybody go listen to either Alanis or Thurston and uh, get back to us on that. Thanks, Mike. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Amy Jane. All right. Bye.
Our next short form workshop is Composer Basics for Drupal Developers to be held on August 24th, that's part one, and August 25th, that's part two. A half day each in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. You will learn best practices around using Composer with Drupal 8 and 9 projects, including a deep dive into the Drupal recommended project template and how to use various Composer plugins to help you get the most out of Composer. Thank you very much for listening to episode 236 of the Drupal Easy Podcast. We'll see you next time.